you got one objective and one goal is to play for a championship. That is open-ended, but it gives you a lot of flexibility to do. You have an opportunity in this league. If you're playing for a championship, amazing things can happen. You just got to stay focused and know that's what it's come down to. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. The weirdest sports story today that I saw, at least the story that I'm most entertained by, the story that I'm most interested in, uh, is Mike Kliss, who covers the Broncos for Nine News. If you know your your local cable affiliates in Denver, maybe you know who this is. He's got over 100,000 Twitter followers. He tweeted today, there's been some gossip about Russell Wilson standing in the locker room. Here's some context. Per source, Wilson's wife, Ciara, she threw him a birthday party last night and, quote, it looked like about half the team was there on the player's day off. Why do people have to be so hurtful? Okay, there's so many layers to this. (laughs) First of all, we are gauging whether or not a player has the locker room on the attendance to their birthday party. Also... I mean, throw a birthday party. I'm not judging anybody who throws a birthday party, but, like, no one's forced to come to anyone's birthday party. Least of all, coworkers. If one of my coworkers threw a birthday party, invited everyone at work, I, I mean, what's, what's the expected attendance rate? Well, let's make this an analytics thing. Attendance rate over expected or under expected. What would it be? <laughs> you know how they do, like, uh, rushing yards over expected, completion percentage over expected. Russell Wilson is not doing well in the birthday party attendance over expected metric. So everyone like Bleach Report, I'm looking at a tweet right now. Russell Wilson's wife, Ciara, threw him a birthday party yesterday and about half the team attended. I feel like that's pretty good, actually. Players have a day off and half of them attend somebody's birthday party. Hey, if you're batting 500 with coworkers for a birthday party, that's I'd say that's actually pretty good. This might make me feel better about Russell Wilson standing in the locker room. Now, this doesn't matter because the Broncos are irrelevant, and Russell Wilson, at least at this point in time, is very irrelevant. The team is irrelevant. But what a hilarious story. I mean, when the sports gods give us something like this, we got to at least talk about it for a couple of minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Oh, I'm excited for tonight's show. Holy cow. Going to continue this fantastic week of little Packers, little Badgers. We got a new coach to talk about. Lost to Minnesota on Saturday. But we don't have to talk about that because we can talk about the coaching hire instead. We could just move past that. Lot. Oh, Minnesota, you beat us. Well, guess what? You know, up yours, we got a new coach. How do you like that? Take PJ Fleck and shove it. Take the axe and shove it because we got Luke Fickle. So we're going to talk more about that tonight. We're also going to talk Packers and After a long absence, an absence much too long, people were starting to wonder if he'd ever come back to the show. I was starting to wonder if he'd ever come back to the show. Well, he's back. Zach is back. Return of the Zach. Zach Heilprin at 430. Yes. Yes. Are you fist bumping in your car right now? Because you should be. Zach Heilprin, madcitysportszone.com, W-O-Z-N. You hear him all across this fine network we have. And we're going to talk Luke Fickle and Badgers with him, and I'm very excited. Coming up at 4.30, I have a couple of questions. It's going to blow Zach away. Zach's going to be wanting to co-host this show by the time I'm done with him at 4.30. So he's coming up. 
We'll do slow news Wednesday, some Joe Barry stuff, some defense stuff at 530. 608-796-2558. If you want to call and text Joe, and you can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. So last night at 430, if you were here, I outlined my five-step plan to fix our Green Bay Packers. Or maybe, it was, was it four? How many How many steps was it? Okay, it's not the point. I have a multi-step plan to fix the Green Bay Packers. And I want to revisit that plan in the second half of the show tonight for maybe those who missed it. And we can tweak, we can build on that plan. We can we can build a step-by-step process on where the Packers go from here, starting this weekend against the Bears. They got five games remaining. They got the bye week in there. Maybe some Jordan Love starts on the way. We'll have to see. We can build on that plan. But I want to revisit it in the second half of the show for those who missed it yesterday. A couple of items I want to hit before we get to Zach. Zach's at 430. Honestly, the whole show is Zach. Zach is the show. The rest of the show is just me filling time until I can leave to go home and listen to the podcast so I can re-listen to Zach's interview, which is coming up. A couple of housekeeping items that I want to get out of the way with some miscellaneous things. Uh, Last night, I was interacting with some listeners on Twitter, like I tried to do at Wisco Grant, and a listener... And a one-time caller, I believe, LaCroix Butler, tweeted me last night. And he was asking why I didn't denounce Islamic extremism on yesterday's show because the United States were playing Iran and they won. And that was, I guess, according to LaCroix Butler, heavy on everyone's mind. So to start tonight, I'd like to take blame for that omission of the show yesterday. That's on me. I stuck to sports. I shouldn't have stuck to sports. Right? They say, go woke, go broke. I No, I dropped the ball. I dropped the or lost it with my feet in soccer terms. I kicked it out of bounds on accident. I, I shut it up and dribbled. And I dropped the ball yesterday. And I would like to take this chance, start of the show, only for LaCroix Butler, who was tweeting at me last night. I would like to take this as an opportunity to denounce Islamic extremism once and for all. There we go. Feel better. LaCroix Butler, soccer fans that were concerned about this. There you go. You got me. You tweet at me. You can get me to say something at the start of the show. That's what... That's what this is proved. Item number two I want to go over. Spotify Wrapped came out this morning. Spotify users, this is very exciting, thrilling. It's one of my favorite things all year long where Spotify gives you all this data uh, about, you know, you listen to this many minutes. Here are your top artists. Here's your top 100 songs in order. Here's your top genre. Here's the the moods. That, it's very, very cool, right? And everyone was sharing theirs this morning. I haven't done mine yet. I'm going to do it tonight. After I've accomplished all of my tasks for the day, that will be my reward. But I did do our Spotify wrapped for the show. All of our metrics, our most discussed topics, our most frequent guests, our most used bumper songs. It's all in there. I did it this morning and I would like to share with you some of the highlights. So this is our Spotify wrapped of the Wisco Sports Show. So something pretty cool. Our most played bumper song. Could you guess? Could you guess? It was close between a few. Our most played bumper song was the Less I Know the Better instrumental version. We listened to this 134 times over the last Yeah. Such a good song. Really is. This is our number one played song. Again, we're doing our Spotify raft for the Wisco Sports Show. Another thing that I found pretty cool, uh, 247 times, uh, Daryl, during his calls, used the phrase as far as it goes. That's a pretty impressive number. That's a pretty beefy number. Shout out to Daryl for that. Another thing that I found interesting, the show's most frequent caller, Eric on I-90, called 243 times over the last calendar year. Can you believe that? Round of applause. I, I'm I'm shocked. I'm amazed. I don't know if I've made 243 phone calls in my life. Eric on I-90, well done. You beautiful, beautiful man. Uh, moving on. As a show, 
we spent 4,322 minutes talking about how bad the Josh Hader trade was. That should be double. That's not enough, in my opinion. My bosses should make my show four hours long just so we could bitch about that trade more. 4,322 minutes of the show over last calendar year we spent on the Josh Hader trade, which is incredible considering that, you know, the trade happened in August. Uh, Moving on, 49 times this year we have celebrated a Fins Up Friday. And I did the math. The song Margaritaville is four minutes and seven seconds long, which for the purposes of this bit that I'm doing, that's not based in fact at all, we will round the length of the song to four minutes, which means we spent 196 minutes listening to Jimmy Buffett or approximately 3.2667 hours. Over the last calendar year, pretty cool. Fins Up Friday. We'll be back at it Friday, two days. Our most frequent guest, lastly, was Mike Clements. We spent 56,324 minutes talking with Mike this calendar year, which seems like a lot, but he does talk until about 5.56 every time we have him on, which I love, but I am back in here in the studio uh, sweating a little bit that I'm not going to get all my commercials played. So, Mike Clements, 56,324 minutes. I didn't make all these numbers up. Absolutely not. These were totally real numbers. We did talk to Eric on I-90 243, what did I say? 243 times? Can you believe that? What a year it's been. That's our Spotify wrapped for the Wisco Sports Show. Let's play this one more time. Oh, never get sick of this song. I stole this. I stole this song. I stole this song uh, as a bumper song from our guy, Bart Winkler. who used this on his show. Uh, and he will join us tomorrow at 4.30. Funny. Uh, let's see. I got a tweet here from your username's not a name, so I don't know how to refer to you. How about denouncing Christian extremism while we're at it? It's a joke. Jeez. All extremism is bad. It's a it's a bit. It's a joke. Do you really take me that seriously? My God. It's all bad. Extremism is bad. There you go. I thought we'd have a funny bit to start the show. We had one listener tweet at me, so I made a joke out of it. We're not, we're not, you can't just get me to denounce anything now. This is, this is not how this works. This is not... This is not how we're going to use Twitter. Okay, so that is uh, Spotify wrapped. Wow, what a great bit for the Wisco Sports Show. We'll do this again next year. All right, let's shift to this. Let's shift. Let's do the Badgers. I have a hypothetical to consider, and I might ask Zach about this at 430, maybe. Uh, A fun hypothetical. Eh, Maybe uh, more of an alternate reality than a hypothetical, something I've been thinking about. Bill Simmons does this on his podcast all the time. A big fan, big alternate reality sliding doors guy. Right, I love alternate realities. My favorite one is Ty Montgomery. I think Ty Montgomery got jobbed. I think if he's drafted five years later, his career goes differently. I think if the positional breakdown of the Packers depth chart at the time goes differently, I think his career is different. I, Ty Montgomery got a raw deal. I think if you play Ty Montgomery's career 10 times, the version that we got is one of the worst. And the version that we got was still pretty good. That guy got a raw deal. I'm telling you. That's an alternate reality I think about a lot. I want to think about a Wisconsin, a Badgers hypothetical, a Badgers alternate reality. Everyone says that hiring Jim Leonard would have been the Wisconsin thing for Chris McIntosh to do. And even if we don't say that directly, we indirectly saying it by, well, hiring Luke Fickle isn't the Wisconsin thing to do. That's not on brand with what they've done in the past. And in saying that, right, the inverse is true about hiring Jim Leonard would have been the Wisconsin thing, right? We all agree on that. The most Wisconsin thing to do would have been to keep Paul Crest, right? Let him write the ship. That's what everyone was saying at the time. Not everyone, but a lot of folks were. Remember that weekend the Packers beat the Patriots? They were 3-1. and one. You know how that feels like a million years ago? A lot of Badgers fans were saying, well, I, 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 would, have, I would have given him the, the rest of the year to right the ship, see if he can't get it. 
turned around. That's what everyone was saying. And again, I shouldn't say everyone. A lot of folks were saying that. And at the moment, I didn't necessarily disagree or agree with it. They fired Paul Christen at the time. I said, I get the reasoning. I would have been fine keeping him. I'm fine moving on. I'm pretty indifferent on this. They totally sat the fence because I really didn't have a strong opinion one way or another. But there were some, maybe many Badger fans and said, well, I would have given him all year to right the ship. My alternate reality, what if the Badgers did give him the year to right the ship? What would the Badgers universe be like right now in this moment in time? What would we be talking about? Maybe we're not talking about him at all. Maybe they become irrelevant to the point where we're breaking down like the fifth spot on the Packers wide receiver depth chart. You know, the Packers against Philly. You know, just get Samari Toure some more reps. You know, he riding that Nebraska high from Friday night. Who's to say that the, the Packers couldn't have won in Philly if we just got Samari Toure some more reps? Like, what would we be talking about? You know what I mean? Maybe if Paul Chris was still coaching the Badgers, we wouldn't be thinking or talking about the Badgers at all. Probably not on this show. Probably be talking about something else. What would the Badgers universe be like if Paul Christ had finished out the season, assuming all the games went the same, and I think for the most part they would have, maybe flop and swap one game or another, but they probably finished the season at 6-6, six and six, still lose to Iowa, big rivalry game, still lose to Minnesota at home for the second year in a row. That's not just losing to Minnesota. You had a game where you had a lead in the second half to take the ax back. They really let that game slip away. You almost lost to Nebraska. What would Wisconsin fans be saying this week if Paul Christ was still here and he did play out the season and now the Badgers are 500 and we're wondering, well, what next? What do we do now? What would we be saying? I'm curious. I've been thinking about this alternate reality, this alternate timeline. What's going on in this alternate timeline? Luke Fickle certainly isn't an option. That's for sure. Now, maybe we could fire Paul Christ and move to Jim Leonard in the offseason. But Chris McIntosh has shown that he's really not too high on that. So it's not like that's an ideal spot to be in. Luke Fickle is off the board if Paul Christ isn't fired back in, is that early October? Very early October, right? Luke Fickle's not on the board. Everything I read about Luke Fickle, slow, calm, cool hand. Not making any drastic decisions. He doesn't do anything on a whim. He's been looking to to move on from Cincinnati. He's been looking to continue to build his career elsewhere. He's waited a lot longer than most coaches would have. Didn't want to leave his team high and dry before a playoff game or a conference championship game. He felt now is finally the time to move. I got all my ducks in a row. I've thought this through. Wisconsin doesn't call him one day and say, hey, you want to come? And he goes, oh, yeah, here we go which is essentially how it would have looked at the end of the year. Wisconsin had to open their doors, make themselves available for other coaches to ponder. Send the wife up to Madison. Send Mrs. Fickle up here. We'll we'll show her around. Take her out on Lake Mendota. Maybe Ebo Ebo could have uh, um, given her a ride on the, what does he call his boat? I can't remember. The she blew, oh God, that's right. The she blew me. (laughs) Go, go take a ride around the lake with Ebo on Mendota. Go, go sit on the terrace. Go scope it out. Very uh, slow and progressive the way this came together. If Paul Christ is still here, Luke Fickle certainly isn't the coach. Even if Paul Christ was fired Sunday, even if they fired him Sunday, it's not like they can turn around and hire Luke Fickle. They certainly wouldn't have had time to look at Jim Leonard like they did for the last however many games, five games, four games. I just think about where the Badgers program would be and the team would be if Paul Christ was still here. And I, I think he'd be in a pretty crummy spot. And that's interesting to think about, right? That, Five weeks can make that much of a difference. Very interesting. Like You just change one little thing over the timeline of a sports team and the results can be drastically different in one reality versus an alternate reality. 
I like this reality, the Badger fans. I, I like this one, the one that we're living in. 608-796-2558. I have one Luke Fickle soundbite that I want to play and talk about next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, Zach Heilprint, coming up in about 10 minutes. Yes! Finally got it. I feel like Michael Scott asking Jim Halpert to hang out. I keep asking and asking. I finally got him. Oh, and the content's going to be so good. We're going to talk about Luke Fickle and everything going on with this program. I can't wait to talk to Zach. Got a tweet here at Wisco Grant from G-Dub. says, Grant, your show is growing on me. It's a solid three days in a row. You know what, G-Dub? Hey, I appreciate that. It's amazing what happens when you just tune on the old Wisco Sports Show instead of just listening to what Ebo says about it. Because Ebo, you listen to Ebo's show. He makes the show sound like the worst two hours in the world. And I know Ebo doesn't believe that. But, you know, that's what Ebo says. That's what people hear. That's what people think. Perception is reality, G-Dub. Ebo knows that. He's all clairvoyant and, and futuristic-y, and he's got the, the vision, the third eye, or whatever the, the Joe Rogan thing is. <laughs> 608-796-2558. Mike in Windsor. Mike, what's going on? It's been a couple of days. Mike, are you there? Hey, what's up, Grant? How are you? There you go. Oh, he gave me a heart attack. Oh, I'm swell. How are oh. you, Mike? I'm doing. I'm doing well. Doing well. Uh, hey, I tweeted you denounced the Minnesota Vikings. I can. I will denounce the Minnesota Vikings. I, oh, I'm, okay, de- right, I'm done okay. denouncing different religions as a bit. I felt like that was a bad <laughs> idea. But hey, we're talking about it. We're. T- it started a conversation. It did. Uh, just a few things. Uh, last night, man, the Badgers played well. Um, Chucky at the end. I. I don't agree with the shot. I think he he thought he was coming in for a foul. Um, and he backed off right at the right time, and Chucky threw it up, thinking that he was going to get a foul. I don't know if you saw the end yeah. of the game. Um, not the wisest shot in the world. Um, but you know what? All in all, I think he played well. Uh, what did he end up with, 20 or 21? Um, and uh, I think he played well. He had a million threes, think- and it stinks that that performance was wasted. But then Apple, that Applebee's guy was just draining everything, too. Yeah, he did not miss a shot in the second half. No, so. he did not. Um, it was un- unbelievable. So, yeah, I, th- I honestly thought they played well, and especially against their defense played fairly well against a team that has averaged about 100 points their last few games. So Wake Forest has been putting up some numbers, if you haven't seen. I think they were 102 and then 97 in, in, uh, in two different games. So um, I think their defense is kind of their strong suit right now. Um, um, but they, they also proved last night that they can you know hit some threes. So... It was it was good to see. Cole Center was very alive for the first time I've seen this season, which was really fun. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. I was very pissed after last night's game. I was really upset. Like, I was queuing up tweets, those, like, F Wake Forest and F the, And then I'm like, delete. Don't send that. That just makes you look like a <laughs> child. But that game made me felt like a child. I was so upset when it was done. I um no, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't happy either. I, was, nah, I definitely wasn't happy either. I don't know why a stupid Big Ten ACC challenge game got on my nerves, but hey, Mike, well, I have you. We're, we're going to listen to this Luke Fickle soundbite where he talks about the goal is to win championships. We're going to compete for championships. That's my number one goal. What does that mean to you? How how do you read that? How do you interpret that? So, uh, the first thing I would like to say, if, if you don't mind, uh, 
where Michael was right. And what I want to say is I didn't believe in I didn't believe in the Leonard. I didn't. I mean, I, I like Jim Leonard. I think he's got to, you know, he connects with the players and everyone can see that. But I didn't see out of him as a coach. What did anyone see? Just that he connects with the players. That's about it. Um, mm. We barely beat Nebraska. I was sitting in the stands for that game, and that was the driest football game ever. So it, I didn't, I didn't see any different kind of schematic that he was going to run that was going to change the way that we play football um, in a way we can compete four championships. And so, isn't that the goal? Yeah, so you you think national championships. When you hear Luke Fickle say we want to compete for championships, that means the Badgers are going to the playoff, competing with the Bamas and the USC's of the world and the Georgias. That that's what that means to you. That's what you expect. 100%. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, I now, now I'm not saying that it's I'm not saying that it is is even attainable. Um but did anyone think that it was attainable at Cincinnati? No. Probably not right away, Yeah, but they did. They made a playoff. They competed for a championship. Now, I'm not saying that they even competed in the game that they played. They got their rocks beat, but mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't matter. The fact is that he took a program from that, typically getting two- and three-star recruits, and he's got um, commits next year at four-star recruits, and they're, they're good players. Um, that kid from Michigan, the quarterback, um, Forget, forget his name, but he's a really, really good recruit. Um, you know, I, I believe in what he can bring to a program, and I read an article about him today in The Athletic about how he connects with players. Yeah. Um, and I think that he will connect with players and connect with recruits and bring that to Wisconsin. We're going to talk recruiting. We're going to talk about his strategy and kind of what makes Luke Fickle Luke Fickle with Zach coming up next. I want to play the soundbite and talk for one minute before I do that, Mike. i got to let you go. Have an awesome night. Hey, have a good one. Mike in Windsor, appreciate your takes. And for mentioning Badgers basketball, thank you. Here's Luke Fickle from his introductory press conference. This is the comment I keep thinking about. For me, I'll be honest with you. I'll tell you this, and you'll probably hear it for every year at the beginning of the year. We got one objective and one goal. It's to play for a championship. I said that when I, obviously, when I started at Cincinnati, and that is open-ended, but it gives you a lot of flexibility things you do. You have an opportunity in this league. If you're playing for a championship, amazing things can happen. And I think you just got to stay focused and know that uh, that's what it's come down to. I got to stop taking calls because I got to get Zach Heilprin on the horn here in a minute or two. I want to talk more about this coming up. I do, and I want to take more calls and, and kind of what your expectations are. I was reading some tweets earlier today. Our guy Ben Kenny was fighting with Tom Oates. Fighting is maybe a strong word. They were engaging in discourse. And Tom was saying stuff like, you don't get up there and preach championships if you don't mean it. It's like, well, but coaches do, <laughs> you know? Like, that's how press conferences work, especially introductory press conferences. You got to set that bar high. You got to get people excited. Barry Alvarez said, you better buy your tickets now. Right? Nobody's coming in and saying, well, well you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know what our ceiling is. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here, folks. I, I know you just paid me $10 million a year, but easy. easy. Lower your expectations. No, it's not how that works. I read this as Big Ten championships. That's the goal. Want to compete and contend to win the Big Ten, which leads to potential national championships. Right? I don't know. I understand the Badgers are making a commitment. New practice facility, a lot of money for this coach. I think with him will come a better strength and conditioning program, a better recruiting department, which he stated multiple times, and it's been written and shouted out and sung from everyone about how the those are the two lifebloods of the program right there. But I think that, man, we're just going to start 
contending for national titles. Mm. Big Ten titles. That's the goal. That's my goal. And everything else will follow. Got to contend for the Big Ten, which is not easy. Michigan's great. Ohio State's great. USC's going to be really good. Winning the Big Ten's no easy task. That's goal number one. That championship is goal number one. Let's take a break. Do not call me because we'll get a phone traffic jam, and then I'll just get angry, and then Zach will get angry like he needs another reason to be angry with me. We're going to talk to Zach Heilprin, WOZN. He's the sports director. You hear him all across the network. He's covering the Badgers and every other team. Hardest working man on our network. We're going to talk to him next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, my name is Grant Bills. We're going to do Packers at about 5.30 or whenever they come up organically. You know, I'll go with the flow today, but I do want to talk about the Packers defense. Some schematic things I want to talk about. Some Kenny Clark things, some Joe Barry things. So that's coming up. Right now we're talking Badgers, and I tell you what, I bump into people on the street. I see people at Quick Trip. I bump into coworkers at work, and they say, Grant, it's been forever since Zach Heilprin has been on the show. What gives? And I said, I know, he's a busy guy. He's hard to get, but we finally got him. And I can feel the the collective of this show and everyone who listens and participates is just thrilled. Zach Heilprin, welcome back. How have you been? I've been fantastic, Grant. I, I appreciate you uh, reaching out and, and asking me to be on. It's been a really, really long time. So, um, you know, when everyone asks where, I mean, all those all those people that you just mentioned, which I'm sure is totally accurate mm-hmm. and true, um, you can just say, uh, I just didn't want them on. So there you go. I would never, but that's not true. I, no, 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 no. I, I speak the truth. I call balls and strikes on the show. That's that's not a ball or a strike. That's not true. I'd, I'd have you on every day if, if we had enough time in the day to allow for that. Zach, I want to talk Badgers. I just got to say right off the top, people don't like the ceiling talk. Some of, some of the big P1s of your station in Madison, the zone or on Twitter, I, I mentioned that, you know, championships might mean Big Ten championships and people are upset. So over the next 10 minutes or however long we chat, let's just let's shy away from that because people don't like that. I can read a room and the room doesn't like it. What's a P1? Uh Okay, can you tell me? Because that's something I hear radio people say. It means like, I don't know, like first class, the guys who are always texting and tweeting, like those, you've never heard that before? Uh, I've never heard that before. Well, I don't have to but say again, it. I've heard other people say you're it. At a different, you're at a different level. I mean, obviously you're an award-winning talk show host, and I'm not, so I only have to go by what you're saying. So I assume it's what people are saying, but I've never heard it before. <laughs> Well, you're you're, an, you're a journalist, so I'm sure there's lingo, lots of lingo and, and lots of people and things that you know. But we can't do ceiling. You and Ben have covered that extensively on Kenny and Heilprin. I'll, I'll leave that to your co-host, Ben Kenny. He's a big ceiling guy. Yeah. What's his thing? Are they calling him fourth place Kenny? Is that a thing or is that just something you've said? I never said that. You but, never said uh, that? you know, I, I never said that. I feel like you made that up and um, trying to be a little divisive here now between me and my co-host. No, and no, no, no. Trying to throw some... Trying to throw some thing, some wrenches into into it. I, I, know, I would never call Ben any kind of name. The number one pillar of Kenyon Heilprin is Ben trying to make points and you nitpicking him. That's the fabric of your relationship, and it's it's a show that I love. But don't act like you two are in lockstep on any. You're you all you do is disagree. Yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of what makes it fun. Yeah, and we do a, a good share of disagreeing as well, although I, I always try to bring you around to my point of view, and, and you do the same. I, let's start with this hire. I love the hire, and Zach, you'd be proud of me. I've been reading a lot of pieces from Cincinnati football writers this week, not just, no, I'm, I'm hearing 
their perspective. I'm reading Jesse Temple, your guy. I'm always seeing words like build and invest. He he seems to me like a guy who wants to come in, build slowly, do it the way he wants to do it. Not a mercenary, right? Not somebody who comes in, makes a lot of noise, win games. He seems like exactly what Wisconsin wants, except he just doesn't have that Wisconsin connection. Am I reading this correctly? How would you decipher the word mercenary? Because um, it's, I mean, if you're, you're paying a guy to come in and do a job, mm-hmm. um, bringing a guy in from the outside to do a job that perhaps somebody within your family or within your business or within your group can't do, and you pay them handsomely to come in and do it, and then they potentially go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I, that is not a conversation I want to have today. That's fair. Um, That's fair. What, I, what, what, I, what I will say is, yes, they're, they, uh, I, I love the hire. I do. I think it's a great hire. He's a great fit. Does he is he is Wisconsin without the Wisconsin background? I mean, the way he wants to play, the way he wants to build, the way he wants to run his program, it feels very very similar to every single Wisconsin coach for the last well outside of Gary Anderson for the last you know thirty years. Yeah. He is he is a Barry Alvarez disciple without being a Barry Barry Alvarez disciple. Um, so I think that is what stood out probably more so than anything. That's probably what a lot of what Chris McIntosh liked about him is he does have a lot of Wisconsin feel, but it, it feels like he, he also has that Ohio State background and national championships in his back pocket blue that, uh, that that resonate a little bit. Yeah, blue blood in his blood. Uh, you mentioned Chris McIntosh, yeah. the athletic director. So you and Jesse talked about this on your podcast, The Camp, which I enjoyed yesterday. Or was it this morning? Would have been, uh, who cares? That's not the point. I think I listened yesterday. And you were talking about how McIntosh and Fickle very much on the same page. I believe one of you said that they almost seemed like brothers. Some are saying that McIntosh and Fickle are a lot like the two of us in that way. They're they're very very close in lockstep. Can Who's you? Yeah, what were you going to say? Me and you? Yeah, yeah. Me and you? Just like us. I was going to say I was going to say you and Ben. You and Ben are very very alike and always agree with each other. And I, I think that's why he likes hosting with you so much and why you like hosting with him so much is because you guys are just so tight and always thinking the same way. So oh, well, it's yeah. uh it's very good. It's very good. That that would be more the brothership that I kind of see with McIntosh and Tickle. I don't know which one is which between you two, but sure. um, they're very similar. Well, in in our McIntosh and Fickle, I was going to let you be McIntosh. You were the director, and and you saw something in me, some talent in me, and have slowly over the years kept an eye on me from a distance. And and I said, I kind of like that guy. You know, we should work together one day. And and now we're working together once again after a long absence. Not the point, though. Can you tell me? You were at the introductory press conference. Can you tell me? kind of why these two fit together and maybe what McIntosh sees in Fickle and vice versa and why this is seeming like it's going to work so well? Um, before we get to that, yes. going back to what you just said, uh, I, I would say that um, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, if I'm McIntosh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make you Fickle. I wouldn't, you wouldn't be Fickle. Okay. Um, I, might, I don't want to call you Chris. You're not Chris. I, hey, I take that um, as a compliment. I love Paul Chris. <laughs> uh, stuck in your ways and don't want to don't want to change. Well, I'm much more enter- uh, yeah, I'm much more entertaining. I am not. I am. I am yeah. mobile. I can pivot. I can do lots. Of, I become a college football show in the last three days. I'm not stuck in my ways. You know what? Maybe maybe you're Jim Leonard. Maybe everyone loves you, uh, but, but maybe you really don't not, know why. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're just not ready. Sure, maybe okay. just maybe maybe you don't think you're ready, or maybe you know maybe uh, somebody else is, is more ready. So make. Like Ben, maybe Ben's more ready, right? Okay. Maybe Ben's Luke Fickle in this situation. Oh, so, true. either way, um, what was the question again? Why do these two fit together so well? What does McIntosh love about him that? And we could talk about Leonard in a sec, but he kind of 
He brought in Fickle in a way that made a lot of people unhappy and bummed for Jim Leonard. I'm sure he wasn't happy to do that, but he did it anyways, right? So he must really love Fickle. Why do these two pair so well together? I think they have, they over the last month and a half, built a really close relationship. And I think they come from very similar backgrounds. And I, I, it was not me or, or Jesse that made the brothers comment. It was, I believe it was Matt LaPay during these introductory press conference. Um or whatever they're calling, whatever the welcome event was. So I don't, I don't want to take credit. I'd love to give, I, I don't do that. I'm not one of those people. I, I, I give credit to other people, oh, not to try and take it myself. Um, so either way, uh, th- I think that they just come from very similar backgrounds. Very similar. I mean, both grew up uh, wrestlers, both grew up, yeah. you know, in Big Ten country, went to Big Ten schools, played against each other. And, um, I just think they have similar philosophies in the way that they want to build. And, and we can all say, like, McIntosh went outside the family. And as I mentioned before, I think Luke Fickle is as closest to the family as possible without being a member of the family. I don't, I don't, maybe you have an analogy for that. I don't know. You probably do. I do. But what's the closest, what's the closest thing without being part of the family? Well, you know what I, I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I was thinking, like, the type of person you want to be a roommate with. You're, you're close with. You share a lot of values. But it's not one of your – like, you're not too close. You know, because you don't want to live with your closest friends because then you get sick of each other. That's the way I would think of it. I don't know. I, I live with my closest friends in college, but um, maybe we're a little bit different. Uh, <laughs> you know, you kind of kind of want to live, to live with people you like. Either way, I, I do. I just think those two guys have really gotten. Uh, they built a relationship, a closer relationship here this this last month and a half. And I, I think I, look, I'm going to give Chris McIntosh all the credit in the world. He was able to do this under the wire or uh, under the under the radar. And very few people knew anything about it until the last minute. And uh, I think Fickle, the only way that this was going to happen was for uh, you know to be that case. And I think for Luke Fickle to be okay going into this, he had to trust McIntosh to keep it you know quiet. He did, and I think that built a lot of trust between the two. Ah, mutually assured destruction type of situation. I hadn't thought of it that way. That's interesting. Well, okay, we can talk recruiting and, and that at a different time. I want to ask you about Jim Leonard because – I don't know what's going to happen with Jim Leonard. If he's retained, we can talk about that at a later date. But as of right now, I think a lot of Badgers fans are really bummed for Jim Leonard. And I got calls earlier this week saying he got taken on a ride. He got jerked around. He did in a way, but I, a lot of Badgers fans think that like McIntosh is being devious in a way. This is a, this is a don't hate the player, hate the game type of situation, right? This is just the nature of college football. It is, but Jim Leonard got slapped the face. I mean, there's yeah. the, Depending on, you know, certainly depending on who you want to believe in this whole situation and, and how it all played out, the, the, the feeling all along was that Jim Leonard was going to be the head coach. Okay. Now, some people reported it, some people did not, um, <laughs> and that's that's just that's just what it is, right? So, I, I, it's my personal uh, opinion that, and how I view this is, Jim Leonard's walking down a road. It's a dark road. There's a lot of uncertainty in front of him, but he's still going down there because. You know, he, he has to. Mm-hmm. He's got a team. He has to do it. you got to keep on going down that road, keep going that, down that road, and, and hopefully at the end of it, Chris McIntosh is there with his hand out and saying, yep, here, the job is yours. Thank you. And instead, after he loses to Minnesota, not that that game mattered, he gets to the end of the road, and it's dark, and all of a sudden this bright white smile of Chris McIntosh is there, but he's not alone. He's got his arm around Luke Fickle saying, nope, sorry, this is my guy. And so – I think he got led down a road, and it was a, it was a bit blinding, or I should say a, a bit uncertain, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of darkness down there, and he had no idea what was going to be down at the end of the road, and it turned out to be not what he wanted. And so I think uh, that's 
it's a really, really difficult thing to deal with. And I, I, I don't know if I feel bad for him because he knows it's a business, but I do think he got slapped in the face a little bit. And that's what's tough about college football is this that it works. You know, coaches leave kids in the lurch to take a different job, and it just it stinks. But that's part of why the sport is so crazy, and I think a part of the reason why it's unpredictable and, and people love it. To Zach Heilprin, Zach, I have one more question for you, but I, I have three questions that I was pondering asking you, so I'm going I'm to let you choose your own adventure here. Uh, I have a, a coach comparison. I have an alternate mm. reality hypothetical, and I have a relationship analogy. Which one would you like? Uh, which one do you want to ask the most? I actually, they're all very different. Um, maybe hmm, the most serious one is probably the the coach comparison. And you as a college football okay. fan, it, let, let's do that one. I think you'll like this one the most. Matt Rule got hired by Nebraska. And I'm very interested to watch Luke Fickle and Matt Rule, who are both desirable candidates, come into these jobs. And now we get to watch them do their thing kind of at the same time. What do you think of that Nebraska hire and kind of how that's going to lay out how, what kind of candidate he was versus fickle. I'm just very, I'm very interested in comparing these two. Do you have thoughts on that? I think the programs are in different spots, obviously just based. I, I think it's a real significant rebuild in Nebraska and the expectations at Nebraska, like you mentioned, talking about a ceiling, <laughs> the highest expectations like Wisconsin fans have pale in comparison to what Nebraska fans think that they have. Sure. Right. So, that, that's the bigger problem, I think, for a coach there. And, and Matt Rule, it, it appears, based on his stays at Temple and at Baylor, that he can turn a program around and bring them into, you know, double-digit win seasons, which is just what he does. And so I think he's a good hire for them. But the, they thought they had the best hire possible in Scott Frost, and it turned out to be an absolutely disaster. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how it plays out. I, I think uh, I think both hires are very, very good. I've heard a lot of people say this week that, you know, if you give – if you can't give them the same grade like Wisconsin and, and uh, Nebraska, one will get an A plus, and the other will get an A. Sure. Um, and I kind of agree here. I think they're both great fits. Um, but it, it will be interesting to see which one plays out. I mean, we were talking about this on Kenny and Heilprin, but like, or, uh, yeah, on Sunday, like where would where would these coaches rank in the Big Ten already? And I think both of them are probably like in the top six. Uh, you can probably put Fickle three or four. Uh, and rule probably at six or something like that. And so it's, they're two really, really good coaches that I think fell into really good situations and it's going to be fascinating to fall, follow them. Um, but I do think at this time, at this exact moment, Fickle's in a better spot uh, than Matt Rule is. I've become more of a well-rounded college football fan. I've been watching a lot of big 10 games. I've been watching USC at night. Uh, I, so I've realized I, I pick up momentum as the season goes along early on. I like eh, begrudgingly get in the pool, but then by, you know, uh, a month to go before Thanksgiving. I'm I'm swimming laps. I've been having a blast these last couple of weeks. Is it because you? Is it because you didn't like being called a casual? Uh, I have no problem being called a casual. I I genuinely really liked watching some of these games. I think I need to I need to see the picture start to come together before I can really grasp it all. I think that's what it is for me. I, I need okay. to separate the teams. But then again, I like watching Nebraska. Nebraska was terrible, so I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Well, you, you like the factor of them being totally unpredictable and figuring out ways to lose games. It's fun. At least I shouldn't say that. I mean, I shouldn't say that. that's your brother. Your brother does that. Ben loves that. That's what he does. My um, radio brother. He loves it. He just, yeah. yes. Well, I mean, yes, your radio brother. 
feels like uh, you guys are very similar in that respect. Love watching Nebraska, even though they suck. Well, and you know what me and Ben, me and ben Kenny have in common is that all of our coworkers just they're coming at us. Ebo's throwing, j- Ebo's throwing jabs at me on Twitter right now, and you're, you know, I, I have my guard up when you have on. It's, we're both on the defensive a lot, and I think we bond over that. Well, hey. It's, uh, it's a great bonding experience, and, and uh, I hope it continues. Hey, I'll be in Madison on Friday. Do you want to hang out? I'm good. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you, Zach. I very much enjoy this. I enjoy Kenny and Hyopper, and I hope to have you on soon. Thank you. All right. Anytime. Anytime, Grant. Anytime you ask, I'll be there for you. Zach Heilprin, ladies and gentlemen. You can read his stuff, MadCitySportsZone.com. He's on Twitter, at Zach Heilprin. I heard him on Bill's show. Is he on Monday? Is that yesterday? This week has just been a, it's been a blur. It's been so much fun talking about this coaching hire and the Packers are just back to 2016 or 2013 and all these years where their defense is just a tire fire. So I, the time is a flat circle and I keep losing track this week, but follow Zach, read his work. Zach is the best uh, and he entertains me. I love having him on. Let's take a break. We'll debrief on some of the things we just discussed coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. We thank Zach Heilprin for his time. Man, the reviews are coming in. Here's a text from Mark who says, Can Zach come on every day? Must listen radio. Here's another text from Steve that says, I wish Zach was on every day. Wow. Thank you, guys. That'll mean the world to Zach. He's, a, he's on Twitter at Zach Heilprin. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. My name is Grant Bills. Uh, and if you actually want to text the show, real texts, 608 796 2558. Dave from Monona says, the last five minutes is sickening this love fest. Wow. Is that what it sounds like? when Zach, I just like that Zach, you know, he wants to come after me, make fun of me a little bit. I I like that. We need that energy on the show sometimes. You know, with callers, it's always such a, we're all so tolerant of each other. Like, Dave, I take your calls every day and I almost like never fight you on anything. Anyone can call in, right? This is an open marketplace of ideas. But when Zach is here, you got to be, you got to be like, you got to be ready. I love it. I do love Zach. You can check out his podcast. I would recommend his latest episode of The Camp with Jesse uh, Temple. Jesse wrote a really good piece, and maybe we'll get to this at some point between now and six o'clock. Really good piece. He talked to Jim Tressel, talked to Mark D'Antonio, all of these coaches who've worked with Luke Fickle in the past, what he's about. Uh, how he is as a recruiter, how he is with the kids and getting them to buy in and, you know, his competitiveness and all the traits that make him great. So if you really just want a Luke Fickle love fest, you can read the piece and lots of great coaches chiming in on this and contributing to this story. So shout out to Jesse Temple. He's been on the show, friend of show, read his stuff at The Athletic. And he was on the camp with Zach. Cornucopia Roller is here. Corn, we got about three minutes. So let's let's get to it. What's going on today? I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. Um, I never want to be the guy that misses somebody else's birthday. Otherwise, I'd be on the Denver Broncos. Yeah, he got 50% of his teammates to go there. Like, I feel like that's a pretty good turnout. That doesn't mean he's lost the locker room. That's half of the team. That's a lot of people. So if you had a guess, do you think it's mostly offensive players or defensive players? Because if I was the Denver defense, I would absolutely despise Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. They are playing their their butts off and just 
have nothing to show for it. Yeah, it's got to be that Alex Hornibrook, uh, Wisconsin defense type of thing, except Alex Hornibrook was messing around with other people's girlfriends. I don't think Russell Wilson is doing that. You know, man of God, he he would never, obviously, and he's married to CR. I got I Yeah, well, we're, we both know we're team future, so, you know, yeah. whatever went down there, I'm, I'm taking – Professor Hendrick said, "I I saw uh, I saw a reply to one of those stories about Russ, and the reply said you can dislike a man but still want to hang out with his hot wife." And I just I thought that was really funny. <laughs> but, uh, That's but, a fair uh, point. Yeah, it is a very fair point. Well, do you have anything to add uh, to what we discussed with Zach? Any Luke Fickle takes Badgers basketball last night? You're an alum. You you have a close watch um, on all this stuff. I, you know, if it's really Spotify rap season, I need to see. Um, was it Heilprin that was just on? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll need to see Heilprin Spotify rap on how many times he listened to the Fickle press conference. Because that dude, him and Kenny are breaking it down word for word. Yeah, they They're are. like Rob Domofsky listening to a Rogers on McAfee interview. They're dialed in. That's why I love those guys. Is they, they are literally, to wrap this you know full circle and quote future, Professor Hendricks, they are married to the game. There's nothing more that those two love than Wisconsin football. Yeah, and other than that, my last take, um, Wake Forest, they are a good team. I said this last night, they're a 7-3 big center away from being Purdue. Oh. They're, they're a solid team. Uh, I hate Wake Forest. That game made me mad last night. I don't know why, but I lost my cool at the end of the game. I almost tweeted some mean language, but I stayed away. Hey, that's what the ACC Big Ten Challenge will do to you. <laughs> Thanks, Corn. I got to uh... oh. <laughs> No, what were you going to say? We what's got 20 seconds. Record? What were you going to say? What's, what's, what was the final record of the ACC Big Ten Challenge? Is it over already? I have no, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> well, That's what I'm asking you, Grant. Well, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll circle back. I'll talk to you in a bit, Cone. I got to go. <laughs> All right. Bye. Cornucopia Roller. Let's talk more Big Ten ACC next. objective and one goal is to play for a championship that is open-ended but it gives you a lot of flexibility things to do you have an opportunity in this league if you're playing for a championship amazing things can happen you just got to stay focused and know that's what it's come down to this is where wisconsin gathers to talk sports packers brewers badgers bucks the wisco sports show is on the air now here's your host grant bills Hey, whose brain is feeling sharp? Who's feeling really dialed in? I, I got a, a tongue twister, a little bit of a, a word salad. You all want to try to figure this out? So Ryan Wood, friend of show, once upon a time, I had him on, thought it was great. I asked again a couple of times. He never got back to me. Whatever. It's fine. First dates don't always turn into something else. That's fine. Ryan Wood tweeted this. Asked Aaron Rodgers if it would be beneficial to him to not finish out the season, giving his injury situation. Here's the quote. That's an assumption that this place won't look any different next year. So I think that's part of the conversation. Um, okay, let's chug this out. What does this mean? So if we, if the assumption, okay, what is his assumption? What is Ryan Wood's assumption? His assumption is that sitting out this season would be beneficial to Rodgers so he's healthier next year. Okay, so that's what Ryan Wood is assuming. And Aaron Rodgers is saying that assumption is based on the Packers looking different next year. Okay, well. (laughs) 
See, I'm thinking through this in real time, folks. This is why you listen to Wisco Sports Show every night. Rodgers coming back anywhere would be best if he comes back healthy, right? So if we want what's best for Rodgers, the only way that that wouldn't matter, the only way that that assumption that Ryan would make doesn't matter is if Aaron Rodgers is retiring. So if this is Aaron Rodgers' last couple of games, then the assumption that Ryan Wood is making that it would be beneficial for him to rest, then then sure. But I don't think that's what Rodgers is saying. He's saying Green Bay won't look any different. Well, if a different coach comes in, well, okay, we still want Rodgers healthy next year. If Rodgers is traded somewhere else, okay, still want him healthy next year. So the way I read this, and maybe I shouldn't do this, maybe I shouldn't look into it this closely because this guy is questioning 9-11 after all. So, oh, I swear I wasn't going to bring that up. Maybe Rodgers is saying, well, that's who's to say I don't play out these last couple of games and then retire. That's almost the only way you can read this, but maybe we should just not read it because I do think Rodgers sometimes just says things to sound smart uh, and doesn't really mean anything by him. I, I know that because I do that all the time because I talk for two hours a night and sometimes I just say things to sound smart when I don't have a clue what I'm talking about. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We're going to have Slow News Wednesday coming up at 5.30. I have a little bit of audio from Matt LaFleur, a little bit of audio from Andy Herman, another friend of show, Pack-A-Day Podcast. We're going to hear from both of those guys and talk about what the heck's going on with the Packers defense. I have a water skiing analogy. I have, I mean, I'm, I'm prepared. I have some Kenny Clark statistics. I'm, I'm locked and loaded. That's coming up at 530. In the meantime, we could continue to debrief and talk about some of the different uh, things that we discussed with Zach Heilpern regarding the Luke Fickle hire, or we could talk about the Packers. That's really up to you. I, I want to leave it up to you if you want to call or text in. 608-796-2558. I see David Minona is on the phone. We're going to wait to get to him, and I'm going to read this text from John Boy. Conspiracy alert. The grandfather himself, Alvarez, had this plan in his back pocket. Bring in C-Mac, nephew to the metaphor, to bring in Fickle. Who, oh, oh, Macintosh. To bring in Fickle, the mercenary, to get the job done. That way, if it all goes south, McIntosh is the fall guy, and Alvarez won't be ran out of Madison for going out of the family and failing. If it's a success, his program, the family business, will be successful, and he can share some of that credit. Ah, I see. That is smart. I feel the same way about David Stearns. I feel like part of the reason why David Stearns stepped back is, yes, absolutely work-life balance. But he's also like, this organization is primed for a sell, and I don't want to be the guy taking the heat. So here, here, Matt Arnold, you're ready for your chance. Step up there, buddy. You sit in the big chair. I'm going to go F around in the back room. I'm going to go get a snack. You need anything, you let me know. I'm right here. <laughs> I feel kind of the same way. I feel like Alvarez just old. Probably wanted to step back. But interesting conspiracy. Barry is, uh, he's smart. These guys care about their legacy. Why do you think Bob Iger is back at Disney? These guys care about their legacy. They care about being relevant. That's how these guys are wired. And that's that's not a negative at Barry Alvarez at all. He should care. This is his program. He should want it to continue on with the same level of success that he enjoyed when he was there. All right, Dave and Monona, 608-796-2558. What's up, Dave? Jeez, your love affair with Zach was getting, re- oh, my God. What are you t- I, I like, I like The Zach. hardest work he... Yeah, hardest working man. Zach is one of the. Well, I won't. Well, I didn't call about Zach. Zach, Zach's just. God, I just, Zach's covering. Uh, just, Zach's that, covering the Packers, the Brewers, the Bucks, the Badgers. He's he's going. You and I can cover the Bucks. You and I can do the same thing. He, he sits at his. He sits at home and does nothing. He That's doesn't not go true. out to the. Well, anyway. Anyways. He, when's the last time he's been to a Packer practice up in Green Bay or a Bucks practice? I don't. Or know. a bet or. Uh, 
But anyway, that's not why I called him. Yeah, that was my, my two minutes on him. A couple of things. One, Barry Alvarez, the one thing Alvarez was, he was smart because he mm-hmm. always hired the most qualified, not based on title line affirmative action. Okay. He didn't let outside, outside influences tell you. Well, it's true. I mean, why, why, why is it? Wait, I tell you the truth. But we're not. That's not what this is about. You can say he hired. No, on. no, I'll, I'll move on. I'll move. I'll okay. move on. I'll move on. Okay. You, you're talking about Alvarez. Now, look at those championships. He's talking about Big Ten championships. I agree. Because this program will never win. Will never be in the national championship picture. Now, would be like it? Alvarez tried that about right after the back-to-back Rose Bowl. You know, try to get that recruiting nationally, and it blew up in his face. So that's why he went back to hardcore, you know, the good old Pennsylvania, Wisconsin coal mine type kids, or yeah. he, he could you know bring in and coach. They tried that because of that. But I digress. But no, Big Ten championships is what was loose because you got to win that before you can before you can even think about a national. Now the, the bottom line is there, Wisconsin's never going to be in that discussion because SEC schools can bring in a lot more kids than Big Ten schools can. People who follow football know what I'm talking about. Prop 48s, they're allowed to do this. It's kind of a, they send them on to uh, junior colleges. Sure. And after they get their grades up, they bring them back. See, you, you don't get that in Wisconsin, but. Well, and there's um, just, there's more kids in the set. There's just more football players. There. Yeah. Like Wisconsin only yep, has so many, absolutely. so many great football programs, so many great players. It's geographical, too. Yep, nope. Absolutely. And funny, as far as uh, basketball, it's a cornhole. Yeah. Lake Forest is an okay team. It's thing about, I mean, I love Chucky as long as he stays out of the KK club. He, the, the problem that Wisconsin's going to have all year is when they, when they get down to the last 30 seconds of a game, that boy forgets how they got him to that moment. And he tries to take the game on himself. And he forgets about the other four players. And it's frustrating. And I don't know why guard doesn't, I mean, it, it's happening, you know, all the close games. Like, like last night. You look at every game going forward, you watch the end of each half. Yeah. Who has the ball in his hand and who stands on at center court, even though the players up until that point, like, like Thursday's game, that ball should have been in Wall's hand. He dominated what a Chucky do. Took the last shots. It's just, it's frustrating, but uh, it was pretty exciting there here last night. So, But to, to Cornhole, no, Wake Forest did. They haven't beat anybody. They played the sister for the blind and the school for the deaf. They, they haven't played anybody, but... Uh, it's exciting. We'll find out Saturday. They're going to be at Marquette. Oh, boy. It'll be a good game. Marquette looked good last night, but maybe a yeah, little emotional did. emotional letdown for the Golden Eagles coming off of the Baylor win last night, and that benefits Wisconsin. Yep. But oh, one, one final thing. You know, Luke was talking about um, strength and conditioning coach. Wisconsin had one of the best strength and conditioning coaches here in many, many years. And he got ran out of town by that lacrosse. I forgot who's the lacrosse basketball player that he quit the program. um Oh, Kobe King. Yeah. Yeah, Kobe King. Yeah, Kobe Yeah, Kobe King's false accusations ran him out of town. And that's unfortunate. That guy that guy was phenomenal. But yeah, everyone likes you can't him. compete when you get false accusations against you. But all right, man, Kate. To Pete Monona, otherwise known as Diana Ross, King Kong out. King Kong. Thank you, Dave. Uh that's David Monona. First of all, I, I agree with you. Um I don't like the hero ball at end of games. But that's not just a Chucky Hepburn thing. That that's a basketball thing. Right when a game is tied and there's a final possession, now if you're Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, Luka Doncic, I'm okay with shooting a step back three if that's the shot you want to shoot. I would also say Luka's really good at getting to the hoop, so go to the hoop. Right at the very least, you can kick out for a shot. At the very least, you get fouled. 
I don't think it's just a Chucky Hepburn thing for whatever reason these days in college basketball and in the NBA. If the game is tied and it's coming down to a game winner or overtime, it's got to be a step back three. It's, that's all anybody shoots. So I think that is a symptom of just college sports and, and basketball really as a whole. I don't think that's Chucky Hepburn thing. I will defend Chucky last night. He thought he was going to get fouled. I would rather him shoot a deep three that has a chance to go in as opposed to getting fouled, going to the free throw line, taking two. Like at some point you got to take a swing to try to win the game. He took the swing, missed a shot, thought he was going to get fouled, whatever. It looks bad. Chucky looked kind of dumb, but I completely understand why that play happened. I will defend Chucky at the end there. Now, Wall was great, but you needed three, and they were going to foul to prevent that three from coming, or at least force a really bad three, right? It looked bad for Chucky, but I'll defend him there. Also, Dave, I'm just going to help you out. It's the KK or the college club. It's not the KK club, is it? Unless I'm wrong. Maybe you're listening in Madison, and maybe you call it the KK club. That also, when you say it that way, it also makes it kind of sound like a name for something else, and I just want to help Dave avoid that that territory because you know he already has enough critics out there and rightfully so for occasionally uh saying some things that just don't need to be said we'll leave it there alec in menominee jim leonard to cincinnati rumors are out are they really no i what i was gonna ask zach and, and i said I, I gave him a little choose your own adventure i had a couple different questions and my relationship analogy was maybe jim leonard was a mm, maybe he needed to play a little bit harder to get like, he's so loyal to Wisconsin. He loves his program so much. I wonder if Chris McIntosh kind of knew he had him friend-zoned a little bit. Like, yeah, other hot girls are interested. People would love Jim Leonard, but Jim's going nowhere. I just, you know, I flirt with him a little bit, and he'll, like, like a dog to a bone, he'll come right back. He's not going anywhere. Maybe Jim Leonard should have played hard to get. He's like, look, I'm not going to sit around here. Like, they name me coach, right? Like, I got to have some clarity. Maybe he should have taken control. Uh, Dave says it's just the KK, the college club. Yeah, yeah. College Club, K-K. The college is part of the name. It would be like uh, like Burger Burger King. It would be like saying the same thing twice, Dave. So stop saying K-K Club. You could say K-K or you could say College Club. We'll know what you're talking about, but K-K Club, that, that ain't it. Alec continues. It's a top five coaching job right now. Dave from Monona needs to get out of his mom's basement. His statements make as much sense as eating soup with a fork. Look, can I... I got to defend Dave a little bit. Yeah, he says some things that suck, and Pete Monona's been getting after him and holding him accountable this week, and I have really enjoyed this feud. Dave is a pretty reasonably smart sports fan. Now, he's always got to present his takes in a way that annoy people because that's what he likes to do, but Dave's sports takes, for the most part, like, they play pretty well. So when Dave calls in and gives his opinion, you don't have to agree, but he's not a total idiot. You know, he's a little bit an idiot, but not too much. Mike in Windsor? Is that you? Mike, have you called back? Normally, we don't have two calls per show, but if you've called back, it must be important. So I'm going to take your call. Mike in Windsor, what's up? If you don't call in twice, are you even listening? Yeah, I, I would tend to, I would agree. I would tend to agree, Mike. That's a great point. It's a great point. Yeah. That point was made on on uh, over the line at some point as well um, by, Fantastic. I believe, Dave. So, um, I, you know what? Dave, hey, Dave's got good takes. Dave's got good takes. He, he's a, he is a knowledgeable sports fan. Mm-hmm. Now, are his takes a little hot sometimes? Yeah, of course yeah. they are. Yeah. But I think that we can all agree that, you know, Dave knows the stuff. He, so I support he, his, Dave. his problem is when he has a reasonable criticism of a player, he's got to take it too far, and then people tune him out. You know what I mean? Like Matt LaFleur, last year, Packers are rolling, looking great, and he keeps calling Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFlunk. It's like, all right, 
you can have it. Dave, criticize Matt LaFleur if there's something you want to criticize. But when you roll up your criticism in this this weird presentation, people are going to tune you out. And I think that's where Dave really goes wrong. If we're, if we're going to criticize Dave as a caller, I mean, that's that's where we start. Yeah, maybe so. But it's still funny. It's great entertainment. Oh, it is. So um, the only other thing that I, that I wanted to point out with the uh, Jim Leonard thing, and I know I, I, I didn't hit on this completely earlier. I just wanted to say the one thing he could have done to maybe – make his welcome longer is win out the rest of his games and maybe win them in a different fashion. I think that's the main point. I think everyone is losing kind of that point that he would have been the most Paul Christ hire. Yeah. That's what, that's what it would have been. There's, there would have not have been a change. So I think that people need to wrap their minds around the fact that change is inevitable and change happens and change is here in Wisconsin. But I think, I think, yeah, thank you, Mike and Windsor. And I think Zach really echoed this when we spoke with him at 430 as well. This is less of a Wisconsin thing to do than keeping Paul Christ or retaining Jim Leonard. It's still a very Wisconsin thing to do in that they hired the exact type of coach that they would want. It's just that he didn't have a Wisconsin connection. Zach is like, it's not someone in the family, but it's someone really close to the family. I would say like a, like a family friend who comes to family gatherings. You know what I mean? Like, we all have that that friend who comes to family gatherings. Or, or my neighbor, my neighbor Norm comes to Thanksgiving. He lives next door. Is he technically part of the family? No. But he stands for what my family stands for. He is one of us. He fits right in. He shares the same values. He does not share our blood, to make it sound. I wish I would have stated that differently. He is not biologically related to us. But he might as well be. Or you, everyone has got an uncle that's not really their uncle. I had a friend growing up. He had a grandpa, and he's just like, ah, that's my grandpa so-and-so. It's like, not your real grandpa? Oh, no, no, just a family friend. That's Luke Fickle, right? He's not biologically a badger, but his makeup, the way he is wired, the way he coaches, might as well be, right? And I think that's Chris McIntosh's best way of moving the program forward while also, you know, keeping the program what it's always been. And I think for programs like Wisconsin, that's important, right? You need to keep that identity, keep that foundation, and that'll get you through the leaner years, and that'll help you maximize the the great years when the talent and the schedule lined up, as we talked about yesterday. Matt's in Cross Plains, 608-796-2558. What's up, Matt? Hey, Grant. Uh, I hate to be the correction police, uh, no, obviously, but your last your, your last caller was saying that was Dave who said, you you know, you have to call in more, but that's that's... That's a Paulie and Mitch feud. Oh. Polly, the sober, a.k.a. the sober Charlie, calls in like five times. I don't I don't think Paulie likes me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting G-Dub to come over to my side, at least according to Twitter. I don't think Paulie likes this show. I don't think he's a friend of the morning That's show. Right, Paul, he likes this show. Yeah, well, Paulie, you know, he, he thinks the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl still this year. But anyway, uh, you know, I don't know what all these people, these Badger fans want anymore because, uh, you know, we always talk about, like, uh, Ben Kenny, what he was talking about, getting to that next level. Well, I think the reason we had to uh, not hire Coach Leonard was because, you know, we're not even getting to the Big Ten Championship anymore, so yeah. we have to do something different. And, uh, you know, Luke Fickle, Ohio guy, coach under Urban Meyer, he's even got that kind of, you know, Nick Saban, Urban Meyer type of look, you know, before all that NIL money has been you know, making its way through college football. He might have been one of those under the table going, you know, going the bad way type coaches. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I'll pay for your parents' apartment or something if you come to yeah. play here. That's, yeah. the feel, that's the feeling I get when I see him. But, you know, 
I don't know that much about him, but I think he's a, a better hire than Leonard, and I think uh, people will be surprised, especially all these people who are, you know, wanting this next uh, move into the promised land. Will we make the college football playoffs? Uh, I think we will because it's expanding, right? Yeah. So I think he's the guy that's going to help take us there, and uh, we'll see who he brings in, you know, as far as players and recruits. And you got, you got to give him, you know, a couple of years. A lot, of, a lot of people are already throwing him under the bus, I guess, because they're they're missed that uh, Coach Leonard didn't get the job. But you know, I'm I'm in with the program. I am too. Why can't we have two head coaches? Right, we could have Jim Leonard and we could have Luke Fickle. That would solve the like the Brewers have two hitting coaches, and neither one's any good apparently because they still can't hit the ball. Like <laughs> I, I think that's that's why people are bummed. I think everyone loves the Fickle hire, but as a society, and uh, you know, I spent a lot of time on Twitter. I spent a lot of time answering the phones and taking texts. I, you know, I interact with society a good amount. We like to focus on what we can complain about, not necessarily what we can be excited about. That's just the way humans are. So we're sad for Jim Leonard. I think that's normal. That's natural. We're sad until the Green Bay Packers call him and then he, uh, you know, joins them because, you know, obviously anybody can coach the defense better than Joe Barry. So uh, yeah. we have to we have to get that short up and what a job that would be for him. I would agree. I hope he comes back and I think there's a chance that he might. Matt, I got to take a break, but I appreciate you. It's been a while. Call back soon. Hey, yes, definitely, Grant. Have a good night, man. Talk right. to you later. You as well. That is our guy, Matt in Cross Plains. 608-796-2558. couple of texts to get to. Mike in Colorado. Took you until 5.17 p.m., Mike. Where you been the whole show? I got a text from Matt and Eau Claire, too. New texter. We'll get to those coming up next. A couple more minutes on the Badgers, and then at 5.30. Baby, do I have some things to say about this Packers defense, some statistics to share with you, and some sound bites. Wow, this is a great show. More of the Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show. Packers coming up in 10 minutes. Joe Barry. I got some stats. I brought specifics today. We're going to do a little slow news Wednesday in about 10 minutes. My name is Grant Bills. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Text and call 608-796-2558. First of all, I got a tweet here from T. Shea, who I thought it was Tim Shea, but it's, it's not. It's a different T. Shea. Says, in response to my tweet about Zach Halpern coming on, Sorry, but not a great interview or entertaining. Maybe I just don't get it. So many questions left untouched. Well, T, I agree with that. I could have asked Zach a million questions. I wish I could have. Um, I'm sorry. I guess we just got to have Zach on another time, and I will... I, I vow to do better. I vow to really, really try. Sorry about that, T. couple of texts. Mike in Colorado. Says back in the good old days, there was a KK bar down on Third Street. Had many beers there in the early seventies. Third, Third Street in Lacrosse, or Third Street? Mike, I don't, I don't know where you, I don't know where you lived in the seventies. Third Street would make sense. We have a Third Street in Lacrosse, um, but you're gonna, I need some more, Mike. We got a text here from Matt in Eau Claire. Says excited about Fickle. Exactly what the Badgers needed. Offense will enter the twenty first century. Well, we'll see who he brings in to be his offensive coordinator, see what kind of offense they build. I'm interested to see who he can get as a quarterback. That's a coach with some blue blood pedigree. High-level quarterback should like that, but then again, we got Graham Mertz, and what did he do for us? What's Bart Houston up to? 
Bart Houston offensive coordinator. Anybody? Hector in Alaska, 608-796-2558. What's up, Hector? Oh, you know, just still working. Oh, you and me both, man. Yeah, I got uh, 15 stops left and then about an hour and a half drive back. Oh, man. So, uh, long one here, but I very rarely get to listen to your whole your whole show without the interruption of my children. So there is the silver lining. There it is. I like oh. that. I love long drives oh. for that same reason. So I'm with you. I'm excited. I'm going to Madison on Friday during the day and I get to listen to Bill Michaels for like two unadulterated hours. I, I might not sleep tonight or tomorrow. I'm so excited. Two whole days without sleep is a lot. I know. I know. I know. But that's how excited <laughs> I am. Well, Quick suggestion, now that November is over, I know Cornucopia changes his name, but what about Candy Cane Roller for December? Ooh, he changed would, it. Uh, he, he just changed it literally nine minutes ago to Cornhole Roller uh, for the sake uh, of Dave. But in about a month, maybe for Christmas, Candy Cane Roller. I like that. Cane Roller. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I wonder if he's listening. Makes sense. Um, also, I heard everyone's been talking about Jordan Love and stuff. And I heard um, someone take earlier, which made a lot of sense to me, which is everybody always has that infatuation with the backup. Because, you know, like all your dreams and hopes and imagination that you come up with lays on their shoulders. So they're like a beacon of hope, you know, like yeah. if you put them in, then it could do everything for them. But don't you think they would have already put love in if that were the case? No. Um, no. They, no? No, I don't think, no. Because Rodgers is the so, guy. Rodgers is right, the guy. But, so say you have Aaron Rodgers, but then sitting on your bench, you have Lamar Jackson. Are you putting Lamar in over Rodgers? Uh, if Rodgers is playing the way that he's playing? Interesting. So you're asking how good would the backup have to be for them to get in past Rodgers? Right. I don't know. Exactly. That's a good question. Hmm. So I think they need to. I think they're doing the right thing, keeping Rogers in there till they're quote unquote mathematically eliminated. As selfish as that might sound for Rogers to say and hear coming from him, what do you expect? They gave him fifty million a year. He's got the keys to the castle. Got to do what you got to do. That's what the fifty million's for, as as Don Draper once right. said. And I was watching Mad Men last night. Unlike Nick Wright, who uses his quote on his show, even though he admittedly has never seen the show. That's what the money is for. Like, guess what? We paid you $50 right. million, but that's also our way of saying, hey, you're getting paid no matter what. You technically still work for us, and we want Jordan Love to start two games at the end of the year. You know, whatever the number turns out to be. Right. Very good way to say face, though, calling him his little brother. That was very clutch. I like that a lot. I do. I do, too. I wonder if Jordan Love calls him grandpa, like Rogers used to do to Farm. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a weird. Yeah. This is what happens with, with Green Bay and veteran quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers gets to town in 2005 and calls Favre grandpa. Now when quarterbacks get to Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers asks him whether or not they believe in 9-11. <laughs> right. Uh, we would laugh, but it's not that funny. All right, well, Hector, drive safe, okay? It's slick out there, and I'm going to do my best to entertain you for the oh, next yeah. half hour. We're going to talk about the Packers' defense coming up next. Awesome. You have a good rest of your night, Grant. You as well. That's Hector in on Alaska. That's an interesting way of looking at it. How good would the Packers' number two quarterback have to be for the Packers to make that move? You know? Like, I'm thinking Tua. Like, would Tua, would Tua get in over Rodgers? Because you look at some of these younger guys, like Kenny Pickett, no. 
Trevor Lawrence, yes, but he was the number one overall pick, so we have to judge him on that draft stock. Like, who's a really mid-quarterback? Davis Mills, he's not getting in. Like, I, I think the quarterback, to get in over Rodgers, right, they need to be not just better than Rodgers, the better option, but they need to be markedly the better option because you need to take a step up and play over Rodgers, but then also you need to justify entering the game over Rodgers and whatever effect comes with that. Hmm. Hmm. Brenton Lacrosse is here. Brett, do you have a take on this? Uh, yeah, I always have a take on it. Okay. So my my thought first off is how on earth is Monona Health letting Dave on the phone every single day with you? Who's this phone I provider? Mean, they they got to start cl- clipping his minutes down. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's calling Evo. He's calling everybody every single day. And I'm just like, you know what? I work from home and I have that freedom. He's locked up in a mental facility, and he's still calling. I wish he would but, call Bill in the afternoon just to mix up Bill's show. Just, just knock he, Bill off. He balance. won't because he doesn't. He he doesn't like that Bill give it back to him and That's tell him true. he's wrong and basically just hang up. That's true. Um, That's true. But no, the 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 thing with Rogers is is the same that I've been saying this whole time. That okay. guy until there is somebody that's physically capable more capable than him to play out there as far as, like, regular season. You know, at the end of the season may be different. If we're mathematically eliminated, then, like he stated, then there will be some conversations that will be had about possibly having love play. Yeah. Which I I have my reservations on that because that won't help our receivers that will be here next year to play with Rodgers. Uh, it won't help them progress anymore. So we'll see what happens. But after this, you know, say the middle of next year, he has a large decline and there is a legitimate second quarterback, which won't be love. It'll be some other guy um, sitting there that has the ability to outplay Rodgers. That's the only way he's going. They gave him the keys to 1265 stating, if you want to retire a Packer, until here's your big contract yeah. until you are not physically able to go anymore. This is your show. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I love it. I mean, that the difference is, is, you know, you look at, and I had this argument with a customer at high V last night. It was just like, the one thing is there's so many people around green Bay still that still hate Rodgers just because they forced Favre out after he was wishy-washy. That's true. But the thing is, is there's Rodgers is got the same toughness or trying to match the same toughness that Favre had that all these people love because, A, that's what he watched happen in front of him with another Hall of Fame quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. And that's what happened with the older guys. And you know he's such a history buff when it comes to football and the Packers in general. He's not going to be a guy that's going to be like, you know what? Yeah, I hurt my thumb. I'm not going to go out there. Because every quarterback before him in Green Bay went out there regardless. Yeah, you know, I, so I don't know. If, I don't know he's if you, got a lot to live up to. Yeah, and I don't know, Brett, and I appreciate the call. i got to take a break. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, I think I was the only one to tweet this on Sunday night. Like, you can think what you want about Aaron Rodgers, but man, you cannot question his toughness. I, and I and I wouldn't. I, I give Rodgers a ton of credit for wanting to get through this, but at some point, it's like, look, Rodgers, we gave you the money. You're getting paid. It's probably your job until you don't want it anymore because you could essentially veto any trade you want. 
It's like, well, we're going to trade you here. Oh, I'll retire if you trade me. Like, Rodgers can do what he wants. But, man, let Rodgers, you know, take a couple of take a couple of games, relax, let Jordan Love play when the season's over. And I think Rodgers knows that. I, I don't think it's going to become a thing. I want to talk about the defense because, honestly, I think the defense is a bigger story right now than Rodgers or Love. Seriously, after Sunday night, I want to talk more about the defense. We're going to do that coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you hanging out. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant if you want to interact. You can call and text the show if you'd like. 608-796-2558. Got a text here regarding Rodgers and his toughness. There's no name on this, but this text says, but what quarterback in the NFL isn't tough? Eh, Carson Wentz. (laughs) I think Carson Wentz is the Ben Simmons of the NFL. I think he's perfectly content to ride the pine and get paid. Uh, What quarterback isn't tough? Um... Well, according to some, Jimmy Garoppolo, according to others, he's very tough. Depends on who you ask. His former Patriot teammates like Edelman said that, you know, he missed games when maybe he didn't need to miss games. But then it seems like everyone in San Francisco thinks he's tough and he guts through everything. So I guess that one's up in the air. I mean, Jay Cutler wasn't tough. There's NFL quarterbacks that aren't tough. Rodgers is very tough. I'm not questioning his toughness. But, man... Get healthy, get right. Let Jordan Love play a little bit. Nick Wright had a take yesterday, and this is the last thing we'll do on Rodgers and Love. I'll, I'll play this audio. Nick Wright had this take on his show yesterday. I really like Nick Wright. He's a very good sports analyst. Uh, Nick had this take. I'm just going to play it for you. I'm not going to set it up. This is what Nick said on his show yesterday about Rodgers and Jordan Love. Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutenkunt should be able to take him aside Gutekunt. and say, all right, you want to fight through the injuries. We appreciate that about you. That's part of what makes you great. Set that aside. I want you not to think about your injuries. I want you to think about 13 years ago when you were in Jordan. Thank you. When you were on the bench and you had been waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, by the way, did get to play in a game because Brett missed a game, which obviously he never did. Or Brett got taken out of the game. Pardon me, didn't miss. And then even though the season was lost and we were no good, Brett forces his way back in. How did you feel? What was that like for you? Do you want to be that same guy? Or do you want to do something selfless? When one of the knocks on Aaron has been a little bit of a me guy, this is what is best not only for the future of our team, but also for this young man who has been working under you for a few years. And so to me, I wouldn't let him make the decision. I would. I hate to always use this quote, but I dom drape in the situation. Aaron, that's what the money's for. And the money's coming no matter what. We make the call on who's playing. We're putting you on IR. But I would try to get Aaron on board with it, Greg. And I'd try to let Jordan Love play the next six weeks and see what it looks like. By the way, fake Mad Men fan. He later admitted in the show that he's never even seen it. But that's fine. That's fine. It's a good reference. Any sports talk guy can use it. I just thought that was an interesting angle. It's like, look, Aaron, getting paid the money. It's your job. You can stay as long as you want. It's $50 million next year if we trade you. It's 60 the next year. You can't retire. Otherwise, you're still on the hook. You're getting paid either way. Like, don't you want to let the guy 
play two games. I understand that you are not forced. You, you like, it's not Rogers' responsibility to do anything. You know, it's also not my responsibility to hold a door open for another human being. You know what I mean? It's not my responsibility to help an old lady across the street. It's not my responsibility to pick up the trash on the ground. When I walk back into my apartment building and there's a wrapper next to the garbage can, didn't quite make it in. But I do it anyways. Rogers, it's not your responsibility to help jumpstart the career of Jordan Love, but come on, man. I thought that was an interesting take. I hadn't heard that anywhere else. Okay, but I don't want to talk about Rogers and Love anymore. I want to talk about the Packers' defense. Because this defense stinks. I figured, I figured that if the defense failed this year, it would be because they weren't elite enough. Remember our conversations before the season started? And I said, this defense has to be a top three defense in the NFL for this to work this year. If this team is going to contend and the season is going to go the way that the last couple of seasons have gone, and they're going to win the division and contend for the NFC and a Super Bowl berth, then this defense needs to be a top three defense. And I thought that if this defense failed, it would be a failure of not being elite enough. I I think of uh, a a boat pulling a water skier, right? The boat's pulling along. I figured that the boat would be fast, the Packers defense being the boat, but not fast enough. Like, oh man, it's it's a pretty fast boat, but it's not fast enough. The, The skier's too fat. You can't, not enough juice to pull the skier. The offense, it just isn't good enough. The boat is not fast enough. This defense isn't even a boat. This defense is an anchor pulling the water skier down. The the skier is skiing despite the boat. That's not how this season was supposed to work. They just gave up 360 yards on the ground to the Eagles. This defense is as bad as it's ever been, as bad as it was versus Colin Kaepernick in 2013, as bad as it was against the Niners in 2019 when they gave up a million yards on the ground to Raheem Mostert and anyone who touched the ball in that game. I tried to paint this picture on Monday night. Allow me to reiterate Colin Kaepernick going for 180 in that playoff game was nine years ago. Since then, the Packers have employed three different defensive coordinators. We've had three different presidents in the United States of America. The Packers have selected 11 defensive players in the first round and Kevin King, who was basically a first-round pick. Taylor Swift has dropped seven different albums since that game, and she's re-recorded some of them. She's dropped seven different albums, some of them twice. So you get the, the regular version and Taylor's version. And this defense still stinks. Yes, I understand this problem goes deeper than just Joe Barry. But that doesn't mean he isn't an awful, awful coordinator. I want to talk about Matt LaFleur's stubbornness with his coordinators. Some schematic things that upset me about this defense. And a train wreck of a defense that was supposed to be elite. It was supposed to be a fast boat pulling the skier. Instead, it's the anchor pulling the skier down. I have some details, some bits of audio that I want to share with you for Slow News Wednesday. This is Slow News Wednesday on the Wisco Sports Show. How great is that? We get a double dose of our guy Zach Heilprin today. Wow. We need more Zach Heilprin. Actually, wait, I do have more Zach Heilprin. We need more Zach Heilprin, and we got more Zach Heilprin. Yeah. With this Wisconsin Sports Zone Network update, I'm Zach Heilprin. Anyways, the Packers defense. Matt on Monday, of course, Matt LaFleur, was asked if he would consider making a change at defensive coordinator. This is what he would say. It's unfortunate that we're standing, uh, that I'm standing up here having to answer those questions. Yeah, you're because me. we didn't win a game and we didn't perform to the level that I fully think we're capable of performing at. So certainly it was disappointing. 
but we're going to make all the necessary corrections, try to put the best plan in place for us to go into Chicago. And, you know, we got to play better, bottom line. Matt, 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 Matt. It's not that you didn't win. We're not asking about Joe Barry, and I say we as a media. The media is an extension of uh, the Packers' sphere, and I am of the Packers' sphere as I am a Packer owner. It's not that you didn't win. That's not why we're asking about Joe Barry. You haven't won all year. You gave up 360 yards on the ground in one game. Historically bad. I need Matt LaFleur to be angrier. It starts with me. Yeah, no kidding. You keep saying that, the more we believe you. You keep saying that it's your fault. You didn't have your team ready to play. And the more you say it, the more we believe you. Matt, your, uh, what, what's the word? Uh, likeability ranking? What, what do they use for uh, for politicians? Appro- approval rating? Your approval rating is in the tank, buddy. I need Matt LaFleur to be angry. He should have been leaving Philly Sunday night wanting heads. He's saying, hey, I played two different quarterbacks tonight, and my team put up 30 points, or however many it was. I don't remember. And my defense has given up seven yards of carry to Miles Sanders, who was the second best running back in his own backfield in college at Penn State. Did you know that he was in the same backfield as uh, Saquon Barkley? I almost said Charles Barkley. (laughs) People, People forget that they were in the same backfield at Penn State. Fun fact. I need Matt LaFleur to be angry. I want him coming for heads. I understand what he's saying. It's not all scheme. Sure, 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 sure. It's not all scheme, but it's some scheme. Like Kenny Clark has basically disappeared, and I think Kenny Clark has missed tackles. I think he's played poorly in moments. But his usage is really weird. Justice Muscati of Acme Packing Company put out a really good piece about this today. Kenny Clark, over the last two years, played a little bit at defensive end, especially last year. He was a second-team All-Pro. got a ton of tackles, ton of sacks. He was really, really, really productive. Uh, excuse me, not second-team All-Pro, Pro Bowler. Second, His second Pro Bowl berth. There's a big difference there. I apologize. I corrected myself. Accountability in the media. It's important. So he had his second Pro Bowl berth last year. Played a lot of end and rushed the passer. So you're thinking, oh, you bring in Jerron Reed. You bring in Devontae Wyatt. So we have more depth in the middle. Kenny Clark can play more end, run the, uh, rush the passer, especially with a lack of depth out there. Especially with a lack of depth after Sean Gary got hurt. But no, Kenny Clark has played more snaps in the middle than he ever has. He spent 16% of his snaps at nose tackle last year. He's played 21% of his snaps there this year. His snaps at end have dropped from 30% to 24%. And why? So Dean Lowry can play defensive end? Dean Lowry's not good. Dean Lowry's never been good. He's never been that guy. He's not that guy. So Kenny Clark's usage is whack, and Kenny Clark is a guy in this defense who's making a ton of money. Joe Barry, using him in a weird way, wow, no return on investment. Imagine that. Now, I don't know about the defense, the, the secondary. We can talk about man coverage versus soft zone versus, you know, this and that. I, I, I don't know. But just up front, a great example of how a player has been taken from a role in which he succeeded last year and played in a different role this year where he's not as effective. And now that means more Dean Lowry. Yeah, let's get more Dean Lowry on the field. That's the ticket, Joe Barry. What a dope. This is Andy Herman earlier this week, and some nice music in here. Nice edit. I'm not super surprised. Matt LaFleur made mention on Monday in his press conference that he did not have any plans of moving on from Joe Barry and firing him at this point. Also, that if he thought that that was the solution, he would have done so. He kind of put some of the onus back in the players, didn't necessarily think it was a scheme situation. I'm caught somewhere in the middle. When I talked about it the other day, I don't think there's a perfect scenario on this team or in this moment where you fire Joe Barry and you have somebody to take his place. I just don't think there's anyone that's currently on staff that would make 
a better defensive coordinator, so to speak, than what Joe Barry is right now. He's gone at the end of the year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So at this point, you just play out the remainder of the season. I'm not super surprised. Maybe maybe retaining all of Mike Pettin's assistance after 2019 when they gave up 300 yards on the ground. Maybe that was that a bad idea. Is that bad? Should we have not have done that? It's not about not having anyone better on this team. It's about playing the card. Like, you got to fire the defensive coordinator, send a message. No one's taking Matt, Matt LaFleur seriously right now. 360 yards on the ground. Give me a break. Let's take a break. Come back. Chat for a couple of minutes before we get to Bill Michaels Huddle. Coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show. We talked to Zach Heilprin back at 4.30. Would recommend that you go back and listen to that interview if you missed it. I use the expression P1, which means, you know, some of the, you know, day one listeners. Think of it as day ones. Well, one of our day ones tweeted in Jeremy and Scotty at Wisco Grant. He says, this team is still in contention. This conversation is a non-starter. Sit down to be nice. F-O-H, which stands for F out of here. They're not still in contention. They were done when they lost to Detroit. And that was what? A month ago? Three weeks ago? I've lost count. Too many losses since then. This team's done. They're out. And even if you think, oh, the offense will turn it around. Well, most of these teams could beat the Packers without ever throwing the ball. They give up 360 yards on the ground. I'm out on them. They're done. They've been done for a while. They're cooked. Not mathematically eliminated. I, I don't care. Eric on I-90. Let's get him in before the show's done. Eric, what's up? Hey, is it your birthday, Grant? No, it's not my birthday. I don't understand what Cornhole is talking about. Oh, I thought it was your birthday, and I, I I normally would call in when I had a lot more time to talk, but I was like, I got to wish Grant a happy birthday. Oh. Well, so, happy sorry. birthday anyways, Grant. Oh, thanks. Happy birthday anyways. Thank you. I probably missed it last year. Eh, February. That's fine. You know, I'll, I'll, we'll, get, we'll get to some sports here. Unfortunately, my take on the whole thing is you're kind of stuck in this thing with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is running the show. Yes. And I don't think that he's going to even consider not playing at all. If he's medically cleared to play, he's going to play. And, you know, the problem, I think, is you you don't you don't have one person clearly in charge there. The, the head coach is not in charge of that team. It's Rodgers' team. And uh, that's unfortunate. I mean, I'm going to uh, watch it play out, and I'm going to enjoy it. I'll be quite frankly with you, but I feel bad for you, Grant. I really do. Um, I, I would not want to have a team in that situation. My God. We've been amazing for 30 years. Our quarterback got old. Everyone's talking about, like, this is the fall of the Roman Empire. Our quarterback's old, and he's hurt. What, 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 what is this? Right. This, is, this is too much. It is. It's too much, and and you know, it, I guess you had that chance last year, to, and but they just couldn't do it. He knew he had both Gutenhauser or whatever his name is, and he has those guys right where he wants them, right where he wants them. I wish he would uh, have a, a Super Bowl berth right where we wanted it, but that has eluded us. Right, and your defense now, Minnesota's defense. I would have to say. Statistically, it's probably worse than Green Bay's. 
Mm, eye test, though, tells me that that's definitely not the case. Right. The only difference is, is they've got some situational wins. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They, they have playmakers who can turn a bad overall defensive performance into a success because they can make one big play to, to decide a game, to find a game. The Packers don't have that. And, Eric, I'm sorry. i got to go in, like, 20 seconds. Yep. Have a good one, buddy. Yeah. Have a good night. That's our guy, Eric on I-90. The Packers have a lot of players. They don't have any playmakers. Another Andy Herman thing that we've heard this week. Tomorrow's show, our friend Bart Winkler at 4.30. Mike Clements at 5.30. Should be locked and loaded. I'm very much looking forward to it. Bucks Knicks tonight. Enjoy. Talk to you tomorrow starting at 4.00.